Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Well, hi there. Welcome. Glad you could be here for Educated. I am Katie Petrick, joined today, as always, by David Fiorazzo. Yes. We have a, we have a little reminder for you today. Freedom Project Academy, which we've been talking about, Freedom Project Academy. It's our K-12 Judeo-Christian online school. It is now enrolling students for this upcoming fall. It's just around the corner, folks. I know it's spring, but we're already thinking fall around here. Make sure you request your free information packet by going to freedomforschool.com. It's freedom, F-O-R, school.com. And when you go there and, and, and you... You write in, like, who sent you there? Where'd you hear about the school? You type in one word and one word only. Educated. Us. Educated. That's us right here. Educated. Educated. Now, let's get to some educated topics for the day. And, oh, I mean, where else would we start than the head of the nation's second largest teachers union, who's actually a louder voice than the head of the first largest teachers union? Well, this one, Randy Weingarten, is now attempting to rewrite history in front of Congress, saying that she never wanted to close schools during the pandemic. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. She was a history teacher, I do believe, and she's she, just rewriting her history. So what does Randy Weingarten have to say now? Well, uh, Weiningarten is attempting the great backtrack. Ooh. Just It'll like a, Justin I, Trudeau, the emperor in Canada, oh geez. Lord Anthony Fauci, and others, they want you to forget all the freedoms they robbed Americans of, all the mandates, the public health orders they forced on people, and uh, which were worse for our health, especially young children. But a few people can choke on a well, I won't even want to say ooh, that one. Ooh, I'm, I'm going to just skip that. But closing schools in the spring of 2020, um, when no one understood COVID, understandable at the very beginning. This was an unknown thing. It was happening. But then came the science <laughs> Insert debate. science right here. Insert science. Yeah, a science debate where the more, the longer we went along, the more we were seeing this really doesn't seem as horrific and, and bad and life-threatening as the hype in the media and the the Democrat and the elites and the globalists and the Fauci's and the CDC even are saying, uh, what's going on here, really? So now, anyway, now there's a debate. Uh, they're talking about the, the, what the teachers' unions did. Um, some say it's legalized thuggery and mm -hmm. what they did. But let's just set up. we got a couple videos to, to do in this segment. So let's set this one up here real quick. We knew we had to be in school. We just wanted to be safe. Randy Weingarten begging lawmakers to believe the second largest teachers union in the country was not trying to keep schools closed during the pandemic, but getting heated responses from House Oversight Republicans. People like you need to admit that you're just a political activist. Her testimony comes as the Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic investigates potential political interference by the American Federation of Teachers at the CDC after language suggested by the union wound up in the CDC's school reopening guidance in early of 2021. Guidance critics blame for keeping schools closed longer. Do you remember how many edits that 
you suggested? We suggested concepts, sir. Critics say AFT's influence resulted in failing grades and rising mental health issues among students nationwide. But Democrats accuse Republicans of scapegoating teachers. We are here to examine partisan allegations by House Republicans seeking to vilify our nation's dedicated educators. In the end, Weingarten's testimony failed to convince Republicans that her union did not have a political motive. Do you have a direct number to, to Director Walensky? Do I have Director Walensky's direct number? Yes. Yes, I have Director Walensky's direct number. She's so aggressive, that Randy. Oh, gosh. Yeesh. I just see wicked. I look, I look at uh, just uh, anyway. Partisan thuggery. Yeah, see what Randy Weingarten, that in the very beginning clip, when we both were just like, whoa, calm down, Randy. She thinks she's talking to a bunch of friends, like her union members, because she's just used to standing up in front of a podium, mm. yelling out to all the union members for the American Federation of Teachers. And so she goes up in front of Congress, that subcommittee, and she thinks, hey, I'm amongst my, my peers and my friends and all those who I love, because yeah, you are political, Randy. That's why you're in the position you are in. You only speak on behalf of, you claim, you, well, you claim to be speaking on behalf of students and teachers, and then even teachers are not speaking on behalf of, you're speaking on behalf of activist teachers. There's a difference. But hey, Randy, tell me some more. Uh, I'm sorry, Congressman Raskin. I'm just, we spent every day from February on, trying to get schools open, we knew that remote education was not a substitute for opening schools, but we also knew that people had to be safe. And maybe it's because I live in New York City, I live near a hospital, every other minute there was an ambulance. There was terror. Our members were terrified, others were terrified. And what we were simply looking for was clear scientific guidance. And when we couldn't get it, we did it ourselves. And we worked with doctors and we worked with others. And we just tried to get it out there. How long were schools... Lies. Yeah, lies. How long were schools shut down? Forever. Quite a long time. And it didn't seem like... So she's saying that she didn't want to really oh, no. shut down schools or, or keep to, yeah. the kids home. We didn't. I mean, we the remote learning we knew. Except all we were saying is remote learning works, and the kids are going to be perfectly fine. And um, it was never. It's never our intent. The teachers wanted to be back in the classroom, and our teachers. Our teachers are the best teachers of all the teachers in the teachers' land. And they loved the children and they wanted to be in the classroom and we fought for them. Uh, we fought our, the union on behalf of them to get back in the classroom, except you didn't. That is a bald faced lie. And she lied right there. Like just, she just, she, this woman makes me angry. Well, she wasn't under oath or anything. So it doesn't, oh, no. doesn't oh, matter. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh, that's right. Maybe yeah, she was she under was oath, under but oath, she's but a progressive mm-hmm. Democrat. Oath activist to politician Oath to what? Mm. that just happens to be the head of a teacher's union. So it doesn't matter. But um, there's a lot of good quotes, a very lengthy article that we're talking about. But Randy Weingarten colluded with the Biden administration to put politics over science, threatening the well-being of children. I absolutely agree with that. And wasn't there an interesting take on the timing um, the, the same day then, that then White House Associate Director of Public Engagement, William McKinty, or McEntee, emailed 
the CDC chief of staff, Sherry Berger, letting her know the AFT and NEA had, quote, a few comms-related questions about a planned meeting between union educators and Walensky. The, the, the timing just doesn't add up when you're talking mm -hmm. about what, I mean, is the CDC taking its marching orders from the teachers' unions? Is that what, what is really happening here? Great question. I'd yeah. love to talk about it. Um, yeah, maybe, 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 basically. But you know what? What do I know? I'm just an average human being. I can't know. I mean, she's the almighty teacher and the head of the organization, and she, she knows all. So anyone like me or you or maybe just an average dad out there, what do we have to say about it? Speaking on behalf of millions of American parents, I have four at home. I had to teach them at home. My wife had to teach them at home. I am stunned at what you have said this week about your claiming to have wanted to reopen schools. I think most you'll find that most parents believe you were the tip of the spear of school closures. There are numerous statements you made over the summer of 20, scaring people to death about the possibility of opening schools. And I hear no remorse whatsoever about the generational damage that's been done to these kids. I have two kids with learning differences. Do you know how hard it is for them to learn? at home and not in a classroom that was designed for them. And for you to sit in front of Congress and the American people and say, oh, I, I wanted to open them the whole time. I, I am shocked. I'm stunned. Well, of yep. course, no accountability. So yep. she does, she may or may not know how much damage she caused. She may or may not care. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because who's going to be held accountable? No one but... A positive, but it doesn't really matter, is at least her tweets are getting kind of called out a little bit about her lies, her bald-faced lies. We even had some context being put out there that hey, we got some context for, you know, Weingarten talking about her her prior positions, as we will say. Well, look what that says. She attempts to, she she called attempts to reopen the schools mm -hmm. reckless. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And look she at what the Chicago... Teachers Union said the push to reopen schools is rooted in sexism, racism, and misogyny. Of course it is. And that was in December of 2020. And then all of 2021, and when all the, not all, but some teachers were going on spring vacations or spring breaks and or Christmas breaks in, you know, tropical islands. But we can't send our kids back to school. Well, they it's were too, enjoying it's too, their too time dangerous off. dangerous to do that. Teachers were enjoying their time yeah. off. But see, look at this headline right there. They were really going against Trump. Of course. They weren't following the science. They said, hey, Trump wants to open the schools. Let's, let's just resist. Let's go against whatever he wants to do. It was, rec it was reckless of them, actually. But we, we've got to move on. Uh, still to come, the greatest of all doctors, not mm -hmm. named Dr. Jill Biden, claims he never said schools or businesses should close down during the height of COVID. What? Amazing how all these lockdown nut jobs are now changing their tune backtracking but again no accountability that's next today's episode is brought to you by freedom project academy take back your kids education fpa's fully accredited classical curriculum provides live on-demand and homeschool courses built on judeo-christian values Request your information packet and save 10% on tuition by visiting freedomforschool.com. That's freedom, F-O-R, school.com.
Satan's little personal demon himself, the <laughs> Dr. Anthony Fauci, has some history rewriting to do himself. And so he is. He's out there. He's doing it. Because, you know, he's retired now, and um, he can't stay out of the limelight. Because what else has he got to do but stare at his own image in his office at home where he has a giant picture of himself because he's that vain. So Dr. Anthony Fauci has decided that he has some uh, things he'd like to tell the New York Times magazine where he was just interviewed by them. And in that interview, Dr. Fauci looks back, colon, something clearly went wrong. Look at him. He's innocent. He's innocent. Uh, COVID happened and, and, and he was just, he was doing what was right. And he, he was trying to make it all good for everyone. And, and it's not his fault, you guys. These are his words. Uh, as he, when he was asked by interviewer David Wallace Wells about the government's heavy handed response to COVID, here's what Fauci said. When people say Fauci shut down the economy, it wasn't Fauci, but show me a school that I shut down and show me a factory that I shut down. Never. I never did. I gave a public health recommendation that echoed the CDC's recommendation, and people made a decision based on that. But I never criticized the people who had to make the decisions one way or the other. Just on that quote alone. I mean, we have plenty more. But just on that quote alone. Liar. Yep. I think your pants are on fire. He did criticize people. When he, and this is what he has done in many of interview. He likes to talk in like third person. When people say Fauci shut down the government, it wasn't Fauci. <laughs> normal people would say it wasn't me. Normal huh. people also wouldn't say that because normal people wouldn't well, do that. Well, he is science, though, by the way. Uh, uh, he uh, is uh, the science. They yeah. are actually, <laughs> in his own words, they are attacking the science. Yeah. And they're attacking me. They're, some people, I mean, he actually said that for some people who don't say know it. We're, That's we're, why. what we're making fun of. He, he said, I am science. I am science. Oh um, so he retired, was it in December finally? Was, I his, don't know. His long curtain call went on for so many months. I don't yeah. remember when he finally did leave. But he Bye-bye. had been <laughs> the uh, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. And he did admit, as you saw in that headline, that something clearly went wrong. Something did. Something. Something did. I don't know what it wasn't yeah. me. Or it wasn't Fauci, as he would say. It wasn't Fauci. But, of course, he blamed the many failures. on the. It was the culture war. Yeah. It was all the culture war. Culture war's fault. He says, I think anything that instigated or intensified the culture wars just made things worse. And I have to be honest with you. When it comes to masking, oh boy, I don't know. What a fiasco! But I do know that the culture wars have been really, really tough from a public health standpoint. What does that have to do with science and masks and COVID? The culture wars? Um, can science you help is me? Science is science. Can but you help no, me understand? When when science is blurred and we follow the when our our science can't determine what a woman is, yeah, that's the culture war. That's how it gets all tangled up in there. But I have more. Before I digress, I have more. Um, he said that ultimately an epidemiologist, because, you know, that's what he is, uh, sees it as an epidemiological phenomenon. An economist sees it from an economic standpoint. And I see it from somebody in bed dying. Oh. Any words on that one? Wow. Fauci. Go I mean, right, to he, the, right to the heart. Right to the throat. What? Death. 
Somebody in bed dying? Yeah, is that, did but I he's understand pulling that? at the heartstrings. Oh, I see what he's doing. He was there. almost as bad as a, a former governor, maybe of a certain state. Cuomo? The nursing homes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 Talk about no accountability again. No. Don't even get me going no. on that. Now, on the topic of masks, since I, I did mention it, when challenged on the effectiveness of the mask mandate, Fauci admitted, you know, masks work at the margins. Maybe, what does that mean? Maybe 10%. Oh, Maybe 10% of, with the exception of the KN95 and the N95 masks, which he stated are effective at preventing the spread of viruses. But most but people most were not people. wearing those masks, right? Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Should we continue? Yes. That, but this didn't come out early on. So no. evidently, years later, he learned that the masks that 95% of people wear, I don't know if it's 95, I just threw it out there. So they're not effective? Yeah. He knew that? No, he couldn't have known that back then. Yes. See, David, what we're doing here is rewriting the history. So it's going to be this article Backtrack. that we talk about. Yes. And any of the other tweets, interviews, photos of him uh, addressing this issue is going to be psh, gone. It's going to be lost in a fire somewhere, I'm sure. Because this is the history now. Now, on the origin of... Oh, here we go. Of the COVID-19. China, China, China. China. Was it a lab? Was it not a lab? Was it a bat? Was it not a bat? Well, there was a lab in Wuhan, and we know they did certain research there. We have evidence of that. Well, hey, 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 keep an open mind, David. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Fauci says that I feel that until you have a definitive proof of one or the other, it is essential to have an open mind. And I have been this way from the very beginning, David, the interviewer, not you, David, but you (laughs) also, David, notwithstanding the criticisms to the contrary. Hmm. Well then, thank you. So he, Lord, self-anointed science, Fauci, has had an open mind from the the beginning. Is Is that what he's saying? He's been this way from the very beginning. Now, he, of course, does believe that it's not engineered. We know that there was a lot of other work being done in Wuhan, Wallace Wells had stated. And if I were you and I was going to sleep every night thinking that there was even some very small chance that the virus came from a laboratory doing the kinds of research that I had helped promote and fund over the last few decades, I think that might weigh on me a bit. Even if I was absolutely sure I had done everything I had done with the best intentions. Well, Huh, Fauci? What do you have to say about that? Okay. And here's what Fauci's answer is. <laughs> he sleeps fine. I was just- well, I sleep fine. I sleep fine. And remember, this work was done in order to be able to help prepare us for the next outbreak. This work was not conceived by me as I was having my omelet in the morning. The the next manufactured crisis is on the way. That's one of the takeaways from this story. No accountability. They didn't learn anything. They didn't want to learn anything. Yep. Many of them don't have a conscience or a soul, but that's for another topic. That it is. Well, coming up, Virginia says that lessons on patriotism and respect for the American flag will now be mandated in all public schools. Huzzah, a positive story. We're going to talk about it next. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, educated. Support this show and a great American company. All right, after that fiasco, we need some some good news. And we have a bit of good news where the Virginia Board of Education approved new history standards this month that include lessons on, oh my gosh, patriotism? Huh? And respect 
of the American flag? Well, let's let's talk about this. I look forward to it. Every seven years, the Department of Education revises history and social sciences standards of learning as a way to keep up with new discoveries and emerging stories. After nearly two years of working on and editing different drafts, a revised history and social science standards were approved by the board. I do think they are much improved. But it was a long road to get to this point as many teachers and parents spoke out against the first draft of the revised standards, which they say removed people of color from history. I think at some points, I think this process has been called out, has kind of gone off the rails. Like no standards on Martin Luther King Jr., indigenous people, or Asian history. These items are in the standards adopted today. You will see hundreds of changes we made, changes that did elevate labor history, changes that, um, uh, well, along the way, we've made changes that restored Asia and, and Africa to world history in third grade. Parents and board members seem pleased with the revisions, calling it a good balance. We teach it all, the good, the bad, the ugly, but we teach it all. And I'm grateful for that. Okay, so it was a nine to zero vote, which means that's unanimous. Yeah. Uh, they actually then came to the compromise with what you just saw there and how there was some question concern as to what is actually being taught. So the uh, state's K-12 history and social science standards will now be implemented, as they said, every seven years they have to take a look at it. Um, they have to create a curriculum and pick textbooks to accompany the guidance, and it's going to teach students the definition of patriotism and to respect the American flag through the Pledge of Allegiance and the National Anthem. <gasps> oh. Interesting. Now, the board president, Dan Gecker, said there's no reason that this had become as controversial as it became. That said, I'm looking forward as opposed to backward. Hmm. I'm looking forward. Leaning forward. As opposed to backward. Uh, and I'm comfortable that the standards will meet the needs of Virginia's children. Maybe Virginia's children now will get an education, and unlike, unfortunately, what's happening across the country. Well, I think the government's children, oh, the federal government's point. children, or they are the Virginia Ooh. government's children. I just... Solid point. Solid point. Uh huh. Well, it's a question. Whose children are they? Yeah. Now, uh, you can see some of the standards, like starting a, right away in kindergarten, they're going to be focused on community. Kindergarten is all about community. Huh? Community. As the standards for kindergarten students focus on the local community <laughs> and include an introduction to basic history and social science skills. During the course of their first year in school, students should learn about their community, including basic concepts related to history and patriotism. Oh my, national symbols, good citizenship, geographic location, economics, and the importance of following rules and respecting the rights and property of other people. Can we just have every American follow that? We'll yeah. all go back to kindergarten. That wasn't for learning. kindergarten, was it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. That's where we are. All right. Well, we got some more to, to cover yet because we have our latest Babylon Bee headlines to discuss. Stay right there. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready.
right, before we wrap up the show for the day, let's take a look at everyone's favorite satire site, The Babylon Bee. Here are this week's top five Babylon Bee headlines. We picked our favorite headlines. That is myself and the producers. Katie Patrick has not seen any of them. And we will now decide which one should be named Queen of the Hive. We start with creepy old man says he thinks of your kids as his own. Next, Kamala Harris announces campaign to definitely become president at some point in the next four to five years. Next, AOC, the government must shut down unapproved news agencies to defeat fascism. <laughs> Next, female crash, female crash test dummy says she doesn't know how car got totaled. And finally, Judge calls on DOT to address inequity by using more gay crash test dummies. Katie, your top pick of the week. I oh, think it's man. down to two really good ones. Yeah, well, okay. The very first one is it, it, creepy old man did say he thinks of your kids he did. as his own. That is, uh, that is a factual headline. I don't know why the Babylon Bee is saying it's satire. That is, that is a headline you can use. That could have been on Not the Bee. Yes, it should have been on Not the Bee. Yeah. Um, but let's just go to the next one with uh, Kamalama Ding Dong there. And, yeah. Uh, she announces her campaign to definitely become president yeah. at some point Cause in I mean, if, if, five years. If, let's, if, let's be honest. If, yeah. if, if he Biden, does run and... Uh, well, if, if he, he makes it to run... If he makes the nomination. Everything is an if. Yeah. If he makes the if. nomination, if, 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 and, and, and then if. If we don't have a Dave situation, if you haven't seen that movie, you should. If, if, and if. Um, yeah, Kamala Harris. I think so. Well, yeah, I think if if, if, and if if the nation elects Democrats again, then it's not going to be Biden. It's going to be Harris because Biden will be anyway. The Buddha judge one is good, too. Anyway, go on. Yeah, the Buddha judge one was good. Uh, Did you see him in in bed with with his husband, with the two little babies? Oh, no. In a hospital bed with with two little babies. Oh, that photo. Anyway, anyway, um, I like the AOC one because (laughs) it's very ironic. She says the government must shut down unapproved news agencies to defeat fascism. Those but are words. Sh- we don't know definitions. The very thing, shutting down unapproved, that's that's shutting down misinformation. That's communist policy. That's what the administration and the media has already been doing in America. Communist policy, shutting down one side of the debate and putting out your talking points, your narrative, communist policy. But that's going to wrap it up on that note, Katie Petra. On Petri. that note. That's going to wrap it up uh, for this week. More satire next time. Or more truth, as the more Babylon truth. Bee is basically yeah. one of your most reliable news sources yep. at this point, <laughs> outside of, hey, us, educated. Because if you're a fan of our show, please, if you could just like, comment, share. If you're watching us on social media right now, if you want to get yourself a nice little mug like David has over there, Ooh. you can also uh, get one of those. Ooh, he's got his hot cocoa in there. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can get one of those by going to freedomproject.com slash store. Now, for David and for myself, thank you for watching, thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting this show. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel, hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project media app. Copyright 2023.